Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this day that you are our refuge and strength. Lord, that though the earth give way, that you give us some place firm to stand and rest. Lord, we thank you this morning for your word that proclaims your promise and the hope that we have in your Son, Jesus. Break your word small, fit for our consumption. In your name we pray this. Amen. When I was a kid, I grew up in a congregation that prided themselves on their high church liturgical worship. And on Reformation Day, they would pull out all the stops. They'd have the organ blasting and the orchestra with the timpani and the whole nine yards. And I can remember being a kid, and as we would sing A Mighty Fortress is Our God, we would get to this point in the hymn where it would talk specifically about Satan, and then the organist would do this funny thing with the keys and would change the tone. And We asked him about it afterwards when we had him for music class. I say asked him. It was more like, hey, did you catch what I did there? No, what did you do there? (laughs) So often we sing, a mighty fortress is our God as a battle hymn for the church. Our hymnal actually has it in the category of the church militant. I would invite you this morning, if you've brought your Bible along with you, to turn to Psalm 46. It is not very often that we take time to preach and hear from the Psalms in our worship. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. You see, there's this funny little word that happens throughout some of the psalms where the psalmist puts this word selah into the passage to cause the readers to stop and take a breath, to rest. God is our refuge and strength. Our sense 
of weakness and dependency is always a matter of perspective. We tend to feel like our suffering is greater than anyone else's around us. And so we embody that battle that happens within us, and then it pours out into the engagements that we have with others. And sometimes we forget that they are engaged in their own battles as well. Our sense of weakness and dependency is a matter of interpretation. The oppressive nature of sin forces us to live as refugees without a home. In Genesis 3, as God passes the curse to Adam and Eve, he exiles them out of Eden. So that they would live as wanderers and sojourners and as a people that have no place on earth to call their own for home. And yet we know in the story of Israel later on, God gives them the promised land. He leads them through the conquest of Canaan and they establish a land on earth for themselves and eventually they build palaces and they build temples and they take great pride in their little piece of earth. But as long as we live Outside of Eden, we are refugees without a home. The siren call of strength from within ourselves leads us into destruction. The people of God said, we want a king. And they, God said, you don't want a king. Well, everybody else has a king. We want a king. No, you don't want a king. Fine. Here's your king. And everywhere around us in the world says, just focus on yourself, work on yourself. The self-help section at Barnes & Noble is one of the largest in the entire store. If you can just fix what's wrong with you, then you can live a happy, healthy, successful life. If you can fix the strength within yourself. But the reality for us is that no matter how deep we look, how far we dig, the further we get within ourselves, the more desperate we become. And there's a reason for that. We are exiles. We are refugees without a home, and we can only find our home When God is our refuge, and we can only find strength when God is our strength. 
God answers on our behalf to remove our fear. He goes on. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. As the psalmist wrestled with his own sense of this surrounding destruction that always seemed to be around him, he was well acquainted with the prayers and the cries of lament. Lord, my enemies surround me. Where are you? Help me now. I don't know what else to do. Between the years 1527 and 1529, Martin Luther was in a time of great Anfaktung. Before you think I said the F word there, it's actually German. And it means temptation, trial. You see, you have to remember that in Luther's day, they did not celebrate the Reformation. So this could not have been a battle hymn for the church. But instead, during that time, Luther was tried intensely in his personal life and pastorally. He was at his wit's end. His daughter had been born sickly and eventually dies. He watches the strife that is taking place within the church that even amongst those reformers, there is great division. And it was not a time for him to laud over them and use a battle hymn to proclaim power that they have over another. But instead, as the psalmist writes in Psalm 46, that this is a song of comfort. Not so that we can stand and boast and say that God is our refuge and strength and no other, but instead to give thanks for the comfort that we have that God is our strength and our refuge. See, in the history of Israel, they built themselves up this beautiful holy city of Jerusalem and eventually King David looks and he sees that the temple has yet to be built and he says God I'm going to build you a house and God says no no you are not you will not build me a house and in fact I am going to build you a house and one that will last not just through your days but through all eternity 
You see, if we fast forward a couple hundred years, a few generations down the line, their holy city of Jerusalem is eventually conquered, crushed, and desolated. The people of God are actually cast out and exiled to live in foreign lands under foreign authority as exiles and refugees, sojourners and slaves. We focus so much on our peace of earth that sometimes we forget that the things of God are above the things of man. And we become consumed by battles over comparatively little things. We don't talk politics and religion at the table. And guess what? Maybe we should. Maybe we haven't for so long that we have actually forgotten how to. And that because we have actually said, you know what? We're going to talk about this here and this there and neither shall the twain meet. Do we have actually allowed ourselves to mistake who the actual enemy is? I hate election season. I loathe it. Because at this point in the year, we cease to see one another as created in the image of God, but we actually only identify on ideology. And yet, this is completely antithetical to the gospel. Our citizenship is in heaven before it is ever anywhere here on earth. Our foundations of love for our fellow creatures risk being eroded away. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. Or to say it differently in our language, y'all, all of these discussions and these debates and all of these little things that we divide ourselves over, God speaks one word and the whole earth melts. And he is our refuge and strength. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Stillness is something that is foreign to us as a people. We don't like to sit silently. It makes us uncomfortable. It gives us the impression that something is wrong. Right? If I hear silence in my house, I start to get worried. 
and usually for good reason. But even within the space of our worship, when we actually take a moment of silent reflection upon God's word and self-examination, sometimes I even feel like, "Mm, is it time yet? Do we speak now? Stillness silently fosters knowledge by listening instead of speaking. Come and behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. And then God speaks and says, Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God gives us bodies to care for, right? We are responsible for looking after the gifts that God has given us. And yet we know that hurting people hurt people. But guess what? So do hungry people. So do tired people. So do people that are spiritually worn down and exhausted. God made our bodies to give us cues for what we need. And when that isn't enough, he actually mandates it in the third commandment. And he says, y'all, I know you're not going to follow the instructions. And I'm the chief of sinners, right? So remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Set it aside. And that doesn't mean you spend the whole day in bed, but if your body needs that, then maybe you should. But what it means is actually step aside, set the devices down, see the person sitting across the table from you. And not through a screen, but instead through your own eyes. to gather together and worship, to hear the words of forgiveness and grace that he proclaims, to be still and know that he is God. Every voice is precious and worth protection. You see, it's not about agreeing. Right? We see in our reading that nations rage and kingdoms topple. That stuff is going to happen anyway. It's not about agreeing. It's about seeing that that person is created in the imagio Dei, the image of God. We have a habit of trying to tell God what our plans are. 
And we need to actually stop telling God what our plans are and dig deep into Scripture to see what His plans for us are. See, they're very different. If I find strength within myself, then it's about me. But when God is our strength and our refuge, then when the earth falls apart around us, when the world breaks down and we are surrounded by suffering, God creates a home for us within His house. And He calls us there to rest secure. Because our battle cry is made out of brokenness and not out of power. Because God's power is made known in our weakness. The Lord of hosts is with us. And the God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. So that God gets the glory, now and forevermore. Amen.